Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911 two man car. No, it's not Eddie Chavez. Eddie Chavez is out uh, taking his family on vacation to the, the great state of Texas. And it's Dr. Dan Schneider stepping in today. In fact, Dan and me are just coming back from Texas. Dan, we had a, a, an amazing weekend in Austin this weekend, right? It was a, it was a Texas size weekend of evangelization. I mean, it was it was huge, or or some, as somebody else would say, it was huge. <laughs> Speaking of that, it was huge. Toxic masculinity at this conference. I'm. I'm. This is one of those conferences that they escort the right wingers out with the state <laughs> police escort straight to the straight to the airport because of all the toxic masculinity. <laughs> Dan, and you know that that's that's a good uh, one of the things I liked about this weekend is that it was top heavy with men. Did you notice yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. It was. It men. really was. And 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 and. and uh, that's rare, you know. I mean, you hear all the stuff about the synod, and and we got to have more women involved in the church. And I sit there at my parish, you know, and I look at mass, and I look at up at the altar. It's all women, you know. And so we're not, and that and that discourages men. I'm not discouraging women from doing the great work that women do. And 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 women are. I mean, the women that were there are holy women. They're prayerful women. It was yeah. fantastic to see a good blend of of authentic Catholic men and women. But it, there was a heavy leaning. There was jeans and boots, pickup trucks parked outside. Uh, regular, ex, I had ex law law enforcement guys coming over. I had a, green berets, former pilots. I had all kinds of soldiers, marines, sailors coming over. You know, talking trash at my table. You know, it was great. It was it was it was it was fantastic. I really because there's a lot of military right there in that central part of Texas. So yeah, that was yeah. Those stomping grounds as well. Fort Hood, Texas, is where I was stationed. Dan, I want to uh, I want to give kudos to Dr. Ken Zamet. I mean, uh, this this guy, very quietly, very uh, but just tenaciously and just consistently, left foot over right, right foot over left. He's been evangelizing the state of Texas for about the last twenty years with these Fullness of Truth conferences, and he's you know he he's quiet. He doesn't make a lot of noise. He doesn't. He's not polemic. He just, he just very serious about the mission. I've got to evangelize Texas. I've got to bring the authentic faith to, to Texas. And, and he navigates well through, through some of the mess that we're in the church right now. Yeah, he does. He, he's really a role model for, for lay people um, uh, that wanted that, you know, so many, so many lay people sit around and complain about the church. And I get it. There's problems. They complain about the world. They complain about their government. They complain about everything. Right. We have a whole society of whiners. Ken Zamet and, and, and these volunteers at the, at the Fullness of Truth, they've decided he decided and he's got a team of soldiers with him that have said, no, we're not we're going to we're not going to sit around and complain. We're going to do something. Right. We're going to do something about it. And, and you, I mean, not many people can do what he's done and, and, and evangelize, you know, work to evangelize your entire state. Um, but you can do this at your local level. You could work. Uh, and get a conference at the parish level, at the diocesan mm. level, and start bringing speakers in, good, faithful Catholic speakers, to bring to bring DDT, devil-defeating theology. That's uh, right. Uh, 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 
fullness of truth. I mean, it's it, it, that's what the world lacks is a full-throated proclamation of the fullness of the truth of Jesus Christ and the Roman Catholic faith. That's what the world needs. There's there's no more. There's no room for negotiation and capitulation. There's no room for well, let's look for common ground. Proclaim the proclamation of the truth of Christ in the church. That's what it needs, and that's what Ken Zam is doing. And I, I was really proud to to get to know this guy over the last several, well, the last year he and I have been kind of working on putting this thing together. Yeah, and I'll tell you, <clears throat> I talked to one person after another in the state of Texas. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people whose lives have completely been flipped by attending one of these Fullness of Truth conferences, uh, hearing hearing the, the information that's proclaimed from those pulpits, and their lives have completely been transformed. One of them was the very holy priest that was there celebrating the Mass, uh, Father Ken Garassi. He's a father of mercy. Um, he said 20 years ago, he sat there as an agnostic, <clears throat> uh, and somebody invited him, bought him a ticket. He reluctantly went, and uh, he said he sat there 20 years ago, and he said his whole world was turned around. Now, he's a fire-breathing father of mercy priest. I mean, yeah, And one of those speakers, he said, was some Latino right-winger that, that <laughs> pulled no punches. You were there 20 years ago. You and uh, and, and Scott Hahn were, were the two names that he mentioned that were uh, that were speaking at that conference. Changed his life, and it was so it was so ironic, you know, not ironic. It was beautiful. It was providential to see you guys there uh, uh, together 20 years later. And there was I, we saw some young. There was a couple of young friars, uh, uh, Capuchin guys that were just awesome. Um, there were there were all kind of people there, and I hope that twenty years from now that you and I are still breathing fire and 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 uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and serving our Lord and our Lady and and, and evangelizing. And, and somebody some some guy comes up to us and some priest comes up to us and says, "Hey, I came to your conference twenty years ago in Austin, and now I'm I'm a Catholic priest." Uh, so I, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's it's about reaching souls for 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 our Lady. It's bringing souls into freeing people from the, from the chains of darkness and bringing them through. The, and it's only going to happen, I'm telling you. It's only going to happen for, through a full, a, a, a unadulterated, full, uh, a, a full-throated proclamation of the fullness of the full tradition, the deposit of faith. Not this modern sugary Jesus with the skinny jeans. Full proclamation of the line of the tribe of Judah. That's what's going to bring light into the darkness today. Dan, one of the things that I'm seeing that's happening around the country, and, and that's a good thing, <clears throat> is that a lot of lay Catholics, they're starting to hold conferences outside of the parish. <clears throat> and, and I think that's smart uh, for, for various reasons. First of all, a, a hotel like yesterday over the weekend, very comfortable accommodations for everybody, speakers and the people attending as well. But also, uh, people are you're more comfortable to really speak and give a full-throated presentation. Oftentimes people are saying, oh no, I'm at a parish. I don't want to get the father, you know, get, get, get him in trouble or father get upset with me or, you know, or, or the, the chancery office doesn't get upset with father for, cause I said this, you know, you, people worry about all that. We shouldn't worry about that. We should just be worried about getting the message out there to the best of our ability and all our brokenness. Uh, and one of the things that when it's outside of the parish, like yesterday in the hotel, I think people feel more relaxed. It's like, uh, it's like our 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 First Amendment sensibilities kick in, and we say, you know what? This is America, and I'm a Roman Catholic Christian that loves Jesus, and the Constitution allows me uh, to speak uh, to speak my mind. 
And yeah. so to, to me, I, 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 I'm, I'm liking the fact that more and more of <laughs> these big conferences are, are, are in hotels. That's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, how much time is in this segment? We've got about three minutes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk about the, the a Jesse Romero rosary. <laughs> who led us to, in the rosary each morning. And Richard, if you could put up on the screen, uh, um, what a, there it is. Jesse, Jesse, tell us about the Burger King crown, Jesse. Because I'm trying to do meditation on the, and all of a sudden I hear the word Burger King crown. Tell us about the Burger King crown, the fifth, the fifth uh, glorious mystery. Okay. And I, I do this, I do this often. I try to give, you know, blue collar reflections when I do a rose, a public rosary. So I'm doing the glorious ro- uh, mysteries on Sunday, the fifth glorious mystery, the coronation of the blessed Virgin Mary. And just, and just, I told people, I said, look it, <clears throat> I said, the tradition is that our lady, as she's being assumed into heaven by angels, our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings reaches out and pulls her in to a throne right next to her, puts a crown on her. Jeremiah thirteen eighteen says the King and Queen Mother both wear crowns and have a throne. And I said, <clears throat> but St. Paul also says that all of us are, you know, we're running the race to get a crown at the very end of our lives as well. Now, the crown that everybody's going to get in heaven, it's proportionate <clears throat> to your faith here on planet Earth, your, your faith and your obedience to the gospel. Now, I, I said, some people, are, you know, just like St. Mother Teresa, her crown is going to be so big, she's probably got a wheelbarrow you know, to, to carry her crown around the streets of gold with all these diadems and gems and stones. And I said, some people that probably had a St. Dismas conversion at the last second, but they did authentically repent and have contrition, they'll get to heaven by the hair of their chinny chin chin, but they're going to wear a Burger King crown. But there's, but there's no jealousy in heaven. Nobody's jealous. If you've got your paper mache crown in heaven and you see Mother Teresa walking next to you with a wheelbarrow, with a big fat crown, with all kind 10,000 jewels, no jealousy in heaven. There's perfect love. And you're going to understand, man, God gave me exactly what I deserve. And I'm good with that. <laughs> the audience thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Kind of breaks the meditation, right? (laughs) But you know, but here's the thing about meditation: it it isn't just you. Normally, it's well in this mystery we we reflect upon, and you know, you've got your you've got your your quiet voice, your meditative voice, and there's Jesse up there with power preaching, talking about the Burger King crown. But at the same time, (laughs) I love it because. You got to put those images in prayer. This is the way prayer works, you know. And 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 God is God is human. God became human. He incarnated. You know what I mean. And so Jesus, I guarantee you, Jesus and the angels got a big kick out of that. And so did everybody else. But it teaches, it taught us how to use the imagination in prayer. Lord, I don't want a Burger King crown. How many in my life that I that I that I rock a big huge crown through through my faithfulness and my and my and my commitment to souls and my commitment to virtue, my commitment to holiness. So I, I loved it. I, I loved it. The guys, so, I, I got a lot of good comments from men. Dude, I don't want a Burger King crown. I said, all right, dude, step up your prayer life. I said, we got to become holy. Become holy or die. I, I don't want a Burger King crown. I don't want a Burger King crown. So it worked. Jesus 911, two-man car. Up next, we're talking about, uh, I want to talk about some of the people that were there at the conference. Yep. Liber Crystal met nefarious. Now, back to Jesus 911.
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car. This weekend, myself, Dr. Dan Schneider, Kyle Clement, and uh, Father Chad Ripperger, <clears throat> we were at the Fullness of Truth. Uh, it was a spiritual warfare conference in Austin, Texas. <clears throat> and I'll tell you what, Dan, uh, just the, the quality of presentations that were given were, were second to none, first of all, because again, the theology of Liber Crystal on spiritual warfare is at the cutting edge. There's nothing like it right now. And thanks be to God, because of your book and Father Ripperger's book, Dominion, it's starting uh, to catch the Catholic Church. It's moving from one diocese to another. <clears throat> it's uh, And yeah, as a result of this program as well, the theology of Liber Cristo on doing things properly according to Catholic norms is, is starting to, to pick up steam more and more. Uh, and you can see it this week, and by the way, people hit your table, went over to Kyle Clemens' table. You can see the hunger that uh, for, that people have a real desire, even lay people <clears throat> have a real desire to make sure that they're doing things properly because we're all involved in spiritual warfare. <clears throat> and I think another treat that Dr. Um, Ken Zamet gave us, he invited the producers from Nefarious and the actor as well. I mean, I met the producers. I didn't meet the actor. I, w <clears throat> I was uh, in the evening. I had somewhere to go on Saturday. You 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 were there. You were part of the, a panel discussion uh, I guess with the producers and directors, but uh, for the audience, that was a huge treat to have the guys from the instructors from Liber Cristo up on stage commenting on <clears throat> on on this movie and on demonic possession, and and then having the producers as well, <clears throat> who basically watched hundreds and hundreds of hours of Liber Cristo to write the movie, and then they've admitted it to me time and time again. It was a treat for the audience to see both them on the stage together. Uh, what, what was your impression? Because I wasn't there on Saturday night. Yeah, I just no, stepped out. It, it was fantastic. The act, the actor was, you know, he's a pretty chill guy, and um, uh, he's a fighter too, by the way. He's a fourth degree black belt in jujitsu, which is not easy. Yeah. <laughs> so he was a he's a regular guy, and the the producers are both Catholic guys, and they they walk through, um, you know, how they the concept, how they wrote it. Uh, apparently, you know, uh, the, the I mean, the act. Uh, Patrick couldn't say, or Sean Patrick couldn't say enough good about how well it was written. Um, it's just a fantastic script. And uh, they started off by talking about this, uh, what spiritual warfare did they encounter uh, going, you know, during the, the filming. And they said it was unbelievable. Wow. Not just a strike. They had a big strike. They had a, they had a flood, a roof collapse. They had, uh, they had a chapel set up um, and a house right by where they were. They said, they said that some kind of rodent got into the house um, and all it did was it drug all the religious articles in front of the fireplace and started a fire, somehow started a fire or something. <laughs> and then, and then there was an altar set up and it actually defecated on the patent they had on the altar, but there was no evidence of any break-in, but, and, and, uh, and there was no food, like there was food out and none of the food was touched. It was absolutely diabolic how it happened, how it only, only drug and broke any religious articles uh, and, and, and the house and none of the, you know, Santa Claus and, and, and Rudolph, it was unbelievable stuff that they, they encountered. Um, and so they've had, they, you know, they had to have a, a priest on hand to do, to do the minor exorcism, et cetera, you know, because they were absolutely getting attacked. Cause the one thing the devil doesn't want, he doesn't want the truth about who he is out there. He doesn't want people to see it because this movie unravels it. 
It unravels the diabolic psychology. It doesn't give you the, the scream thriller. This isn't a Halloween haunted house that makes you go, ah. This is one that makes you go, ah, on the inside and go, dude, oh my gosh. We're dealing with a really nasty, nasty, devious uh, enemy. And they really showed the, 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 the retaliation that they received. Again, retaliation is just another word we always say. You know, retaliation is formation. Take the word retaliation and say, I'm getting I'm getting formation because God allows this retaliation. It's to, it's to help you uh, shore up areas of your spiritual life. And so these guys had some pretty heavy formation uh, throughout the, 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 the setting. Yeah. But praise be to God. They took it. And get, these guys are Jersey guys. You know, one of them has such a thick Jersey accent. The other one said, yeah. When he first moved to California, he had a really bad accent. I started laughing. I said, what are you talking about? He was totally Jersey guy, you know. I mean, it was crazy his deep Jersey accent, and they said he didn't have a Jersey accent. But these guys are, you know, that hardcore East Coast edge Jersey Catholic. It was fantastic. I loved it. These guys were really cool guys. I sat down and spent spent uh, uh, about an hour talking to them. It was very cool. Yeah, they uh, and they just recently moved to Texas. They moved their operation yeah. to Texas now. Thanks be to goodness. Thanks be to God. There's good good Californians moving to Texas, and not just not just some well, of the liberals vacating yeah. texas to go flip texas yeah yeah that's right and uh yeah i was uh <clears throat> i was uh boss root came to visit me on saturday night the, the, the famous the, the ex-ufc fighter hall of famer heavyweight hall of famer <clears throat> and i spent some time with him on saturday I haven't seen him in a while and um it was funny but so we're sitting down and we're in front of the the hotel of the fullness of truth where it was at and the actor what's his name again dan sean what uh, sean patrick Sean Patrick. So he's walking across the street to his car and boss looks and he goes, is that Sean Patrick? I said, the actor from Nefarious. I said, yeah, it's why he's been invited here. He goes, that's him. So he's about a hundred yards away. Uh, he was going to yell at him. I said, hey, we don't yell at him. He goes, well, I know him. I know him. He goes, I, we did, we, we did, we're in a movie together. He goes, we did a movie together. Uh, and I said, well, wait till he comes back and come over. You could introduce him to me and stuff, you know, cause I think he's going back into the conference for, uh, to be on the panel. But uh, he ended up uh, taking another way, so we didn't see him. But apparently, Boss Rutten says, oh, yeah, we, we, we were on uh, a movie together. He says, we know each other well. And he said, just like you, he's a regular guy, jujitsu yeah. guy. Uh, he goes, yeah, he, this, this guy's a good man. Uh, and he goes, he's, I don't think he's Catholic yet, but he goes, uh, he's, he's definitely being influenced. He's surrounded by Catholics. He says, I don't think it's going to take too much longer. Yeah, no, you could tell he's a good guy, eh? You know, he's a healthy male, you know, and uh, and he loves his 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 family. He's a family man. He talked half, half the time he was up there. He's talking about his kids, giving shout outs to his kids and his kids are back there. Hey, dad, you know, yeah. and so you can tell he's a really good guy, good family guy and, and very, you know, obviously very, very, a very professional uh, and is in the craft of, of what he does. Um, but but the the uh, the, the guys um, said that they're going to continue. They've got a series that they're going to do. They're going to do a, a TV series on this, and they've got wow. some other. Uh, yeah, they're going to do a continue follow up on it. So um, that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big that's a tall order. I mean, yeah. con continue doing a TV series. I ha I've I'm told you about I've told you about my brother in law, right? You know my brother in law who's oh, got yeah. the. He was he's got this deformity where he's got to, his arms are so short that when you go out to eat with them, they can't quite make it to the wallet. Yeah, that's why he's calling the T Rex. Yeah. They can't call you that, bro, because uh I was I, I was at the you airport with Dan yesterday. I flipped it out, man. Me, I was me, me, and, big me and my wife and Dan like had, this. we had a meal yeah. 
presentation when I bought and, that. Right? And Dan brought out brought out the cash, and he didn't let me and my wife pay. And uh, see, because so, there was a rumor that Dad had short arms, <laughs> and, and, and and I'm gonna have to tell him, talk to his brother, and say, not true, not true. Not I'm an true. eyewitness that he's Dan is not the T Rex. So so we watched it. I was over at, uh, at my brother-in-law's house, and we watched the movie a few uh, a few weeks ago in anticipation for this. And there's there's this. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to spoil it. But you need to see the movie. But there's a scene where Nefarious takes over the the atheist and they, and they squeeze three three rounds he steals a gun from a cop steals, squeezes three rounds off and attempted suicide if you recall that yeah and then but the pin the the the, the firing pin struck and they said that hey later the in the movie they said the cop tested those bullets and the bullets uh they were actually struck but they didn't fire and so lewis and i had this debate we we're talking about you know because we're both analysts you know what i mean he's the political analyst i'm a, I'm a theologian we're like trying to fork out, is that Trinitarian? Is it pointing? I said, no, I had to point to the three, the, the, I thought about it, I said, it's got to point to the three murders. He committed the three murders, you know, and what those three murders represent. And, it, and this is, this mm. is Nefarious saying, I've claimed your soul thrice, thrice wow. for the three times, the three murders that you committed. So I said, that's my theory. So tell me, am I right? Is that the theory? Because we've been debating this for two weeks. And the guy goes, well, hey, I like that better than what the actual reason is. But I'm going to start telling people that's what it is. He said because I like your answer better than ours. Wow. But he said one of the, one of the the video guys on the set, one of the one of the cinematographer guys was was a former former bad guy, former gangbanger, and um, he was in a fight, big fight in a bar, and a guy came. They were fighting. A guy pulls a gun out, and squeezes the trigger three times in the chest. And none of the three bullets went off and all three of them were taken to ballistics and they fired perfectly at the range, but they indented, you know, sometimes that happens, but it's extremely mm. rare misfire, yeah. three misfires. And so he said, no, that's what the, we just stole that from that guy who told us that story. We put that in there, but he's, but the, but the producer said, yeah, I like your explanation better. I'm going to start telling people that's what it means. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. The so you told that to the producer. Yeah. 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 I wanted him to settle it, you know, for me, for me and the T-Rex brother-in-law of mine. <laughs> so I can just win another argument. Cause sometimes you have certain relationships. You just want to win arguments with each other. Cause that's what guys do. Yeah. Like, all right, I can beat that. Well, I can beat that. So, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that was, uh, we were both wrong. They, they got, had a different inspiration on that, that story. But it was wow. a fantastic movie, um, and, and and I really encourage encourage our listeners to 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 watch it because number one we need to support good Catholic film. Anytime that that Netflix Hulu uninvites uh, a movie and says we don't want you on our platform, you are banned from our platform. I think that's a movie we probably should watch, right? Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Speak yeah, with these, our wallets. Fantastic. We need to support these guys because we need. Catholic, this again, these are the Ken Zamets of Hollywood. Um, yes. We yes. got to support guys like Catholics. This is the Catholic lay charism. Let's go back to this, Jesse. And I don't want to get all, I don't want to get too fired up today, but here's the thing the lay charism is secular in nature, right? And we, and here's what we have, they have oh, a guy has this conversion experience, and suddenly a man says, I'm going to start living my life for Jesus. I'm going to start, I'm going to be involved in my faith. And what happens? Well, I guess I'll be a communion minister. I guess I'm going to be I'm going to I'm going to uh, be on parish council. I'm going to be a lector at church. 
that is those the we need to be in the world. We need Ken Zamens. We need guys. We need guys like these two guys. Uh, Carrie, well, Car- yes. what are their names? Carrie and Chuck and Car- Chuck and Carrie Sullivan. Car- we need guys like Chuck and Carrie out there. We need Ken Zamets out there. Yeah. Terry yeah. Barber's out there. Whatever God has put you, wherever He's put you, the, our charism is secular. We go to the we go to mass. We get DDT from from the church, devil defeating theology, and whatever God has given us. The gift of organizing, the gift of producing movies, use that for his glory to bring souls into the kingdom of God, right? That's what the lay charism is. This is how we take the church and culture back. You know, we take it back through laity that are that are that are out there bringing the, the gospel through the apostolate, right? Working in the apostolate, wherever God has put you, you go to work there, right? And if you can't go to work, right? And, and and that's not for you. Then you need to write some checks to help people like this. Yes, you need to yeah. The most powerful. There you, you need go. To help Terry yeah. Barber write checks. You know, and, and what's amazing about Terry, it's very good that you. There's a lot of monthly donors that are doing twenty five bucks and fifty bucks, right? That's the, and that that grassroots support is that's that says it all. But you need guys that are that can write a big check. That, that can fund big things. And they're out there. And they're out they're there. Out there. Those guys are doing it too. You need both those guys. That's a sign of health. So it isn't one guy writing a big check. It's the little donors too. That yeah. That's part of it as well. But if you could organize. Hold that thought. Hold that thought, my friend. I'll do that. G- Jesus 911, two-man car. We'll be right. We're going to talk about angels when we get back. Talk about the theology of angels. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car, Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. Dan, uh, this weekend, yourself, myself, Kyle, everybody else, there was a, a, a lot of women that we talked to in their, in their brokenness. What would be something that you would generally say to women in their brokenness, probably over their marriage and family? It's just kind of something general that you would say that would be helpful to, to women. Uh, because for three days, it was almost nonstop. Uh, and, and you can just see just kind of the big picture, the helicopter. You can kind of just see the way the devil relentlessly goes after marriages and the devil relentlessly goes after men and tries to take them out. And then what we find is chaos happens amongst the family, the, the wife and the kids, and because they're unprotected. So just kind of generally, without getting into, into the weeds, what would you say to the average Catholic, Catholic woman that says, Dan, my husband is unconverted. What do I do? Yeah, it's extremely it's extremely common. You start, I, you know, you and I start talking about, um, you know, upotasso uh, from Ephesians five that, that be subordinate to, and and that that word means being under the protection of. And there's a lot of women came up to me and they recognized instinctively in in their in their their that that feminine heart that they're not being protected. They recognize the vulnerability as we started to explain authentic masculinity and authentic womanhood. Um, uh, in as it pertains to spiritual combat, um, they, they they recognize that, and, and there's a lot a lot of women are like my husband, man, he doesn't engage. My husband's like whatever, you know. Um, and what do I do? And it's very difficult. And my 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 commonality is just pray, sacrifice, 
offer prayers for him, sacrifice, be that model of continue to just ground and pound, live your Catholic faith. Paul talks about this in, in Corinthians 7, 1 Corinthians 7, you know, you've got to just, you got to just continue to pray, offer sacrifices, live your Catholic faith, focus on, on Christ and on, on drawing all, all a firepower down on your husband in prayer. Too often, a lot of good women get hyper involved at the parish level, and they, and and as as kind of reactionary response to their to their husband not engaging, engage right. with your husband. That's where grace flows. This is where the enemy is going to attack. He's going to attack that construct. So it's great if God calls you to help do certain things at the parish, but everything needs to be directed. And all grace flows in and through that that spousal relationship. So so that that is where we need to that's where we need to recover for lay, laity, getting grace flowing through the sacrament of marriage. We've overemphasized. I think uh, we've de-emphasized the the, the the authority of the office of priesthood. We've overemphasized the authority and the and the and lay involvement. We need to stay involved in the church and evangelize, but but at the same time the the. The heart of evangelization, the soul of the apostolate, is prayer, and we have to keep first things first. And for a married person, that's the merit, that's your the sacrament of matrimony. So direct all fire, all sacrifices, all suffering uh, um, from that feminine, that beautiful womanly feminine heart. Direct all that. And I've told many women, I said, look, you know, you're not going to tell God, you're not going to, you're not going to nag your husband into the church. You're not going to nag God into converting your husband. One sigh, St. Saint, 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 um, um, Louis de Montfort says, one sigh from the Virgin Mary, from her maternal heart, one sigh was, is enough to make hell tremble. Now, that's the power of a woman's heart, the depth of love that they have that's different than you and I. If they can learn to pray from that wound, a sigh from that wound, asking God, pray from that place of sorrow, not of shame, of sorrow. Pr learn how to pray better and more effectively for, for your husband and for your children. Dan, some, you just described to me St. Saint, Saint Monica, who's, what we, who's got a, not a BA or an MA or a PhD, she's got an ST before her name. Right. And she, she understood the school of suffering uh, qu quite well. And I tell a lot of women... I said, you know something, you're a very special woman. Why is that in all my, because God has chosen you to be another St. Monica, to be the St. Monica of your family. When I say that, then I share the story of St. Monica, the, the light goes off and they like, wow, God did choose me. Yeah, he did. He chose you to, 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 to bring in that, that, that grace into the family household by your suffering, by your penance, by your prayers. I said, so you're a very special woman. I said, you're walking in the footsteps of St. Monica. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and also something else that women don't know, that they can actually pray for their husband. You know, they can, they can, they can uh, bless their husband because they, own the, they, 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 they have rights to his body. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, St. Paul outlines that. Uh, they, can do, uh, they can even do binding prayers for their husband. Uh, most women don't know that. Dan, can you explain that to the audience? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, There's a reciprocity. Men can bless and bind, uh, uh, do prayers of binding for their wife and vice versa. Women right. don't know that. And I, can I can do that, Jess? Yeah. As it pertains to the husband's body, they have, they have yeah. rights over the, the, by merit of the, by, by merits of the, the, the marital debt, they have, they have a claim 
uh, to the husband's body, and the demon has should have has no right to be there because of, because she has claim to that body, and vice versa. The husband the husband has claim as as head of household, but there's a he has a dual authority, but the wife still has authority over the husband over the children. So getting that back together, what happens is the the the, the, the attack first. Again, I'm reading I'm reading um, uh, on the Battle of Cannae which was between Hannibal, when Hannibal came down with the elephants across the Alps and beat the Romans, uh, outnumbered two to one or three to one, defeated the Romans. Um, and so how did it, so I'm reading this, the, how, how this strategically went down, which has been, was Norman uh, Schwarzkopf, General Schwarzkopf, copied that with, in Desert Storm when I was there. He said so. So how did, how did, how does the demon do? He does strategies and tactics as well. One of the strategies is to break the couple from the first thing he does is change the perception of the wife towards the husband and the husband towards the wife. He distorts that perception, number one. And how does he do that? By getting us to stop praying for each other. When we stop praying for each other, we are vulnerable to diabolic projections that distort our image of our spouse. So number one, start praying for your husband. And and that includes small little sacrifices, right? Um, doing small little menial tasks that you dislike, right? Um, my wife this weekend, while I was speaking, she went around and picked up uh, garbage on the farm. Um, that was a dirty task. She said, "I'm this is my prayer for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk through and I'm gonna pick up garbage in the sun for you and I'm gonna offer that up." That's powerful. That's powerful prayers. Little things. It isn't telling God this is. God, these are the five steps to fix my husband, offering prayers for him because the demon wants to change that. Use your body as a living sacrifice for your for your spouse and then congeal together and then pray together. We have to pray together, even if it's a simple prayer, grace, rosary, night prayer, the divine praises. Praying the divine praises right before you you go to bed, you're projecting into the cosmos as the last spoken word in this household. You're projecting into the cosmos the divine praises of the holy name of Jesus, of God, of Joseph and Mary. This is a fantastic. Uh, uh, th- these things are very simple, very simple. You know, I heard uh, somebody told me there was a charismatic priest that held up the deliverance prayers for the laity, Father Ripperker's book, and said, you don't need these prayers, these old prayers to fight the devil. All you need is the spirit and the spirit, whatever that is, the spirit will show you how to, mm-hmm. how to, how to fight spiritual combat and how, no, these old prayers have deep power. Praying vocal prayers together is key. Keeping that, because prayer begets what it signifies. Keeping congealed as a couple Renewing the love you had at first, right? Um, how many couples say they they say I'm doing all this work in the apostle, and I say, well, how's your relationship with your husband? Well, he he sleeps in a different room. He sleeps in the basement. We have we've lost all of our intimacy, but it's kind of a functional relationship. That's what the den- enemy does. He breaks down the relationship into functionality, so then then he can go after the children and break that down. So you've got to start praying for and with your husband. Good stuff. Jesus 9112 man car. Jess Romero, uh, Dr. Dan Schneider. This weekend, we're at the Fullness of Truth in Austin, Texas. Just uh, want to give a shout out to Dr. Ken Zamet and all his team. Uh, the Thorough professionals. This is how you do it. Uh, I hope and pray that there's a, a, a Dr. Ken Zamet and a Fullness of Truth type organization in every single state in the U.S. Because that's what it's going to take 
to reboot the Catholic faith, as Fulton Sheen said, it's going to be lay people that are going to save the Catholic yeah. Church. You know what? And, you know what? You know what? Ken Zamet is. He's and so is Terry Barber. These guys are Phineas. You remember the story of Phineas? Oh, right. Sh- share the story. So in, in the Old Testament, um, the, the 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 Israelites it was the Israelites had fallen back into idolatry after everything, right? After everything, they'd fallen back into idolatry. All of Israel was watching, and two and an Israelite and goes into a tent with a with to do a ritual ritual sex with a pagan, and they had fallen into that type of idolatry, which, by the way, is resurfacing today. It's never gone away; it's just resurfacing. And so he falls into pagan. The, the, Israel has fallen into pagan idolatry of the nations, and everybody was wringing their hands, saying, "What are we going to do?" And everybody knew that this was wrong, but everybody just sat back and watched. And Phineas pulls out his sword, goes into this tent, and commits the ultimate act of coitus interruptus, if you will. And he <laughs> thrusts the sword between these these these, these, these idol worshippers. Uh, I don't advocate violence. We're talking about now in spirit what we need to be doing, right? This gives us a model for us to what we need to be doing in the spiritual realm. And then and then they put the sword, put to the sword all of the, the pagan priests, just as Elijah did, and they stopped the idolatry. And from this came a narrowing down even of the Levitical priesthood that only the priests of the line of Phineas now would, would be part of the priesthood and purified even the priesthood. And so we need priests to be like Phineas. We need priests to now start acting like Phineas and narrowing. We need to narrow the priesthood down to those faithful priests that will not put up with the idolatry that is happening within the people of God. But we need also lay Catholics like Ken Zamet, Terry Barber, to be out there organizing these things and not just sitting around wringing their hands complaining about the world, right? But going out into the world and bringing the truth of the Catholic faith into the world. Amen. All right, hard break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about angels. Today is uh, today's a feast day of guardian angels. We want to talk about the angels on the next segment. Stick around. Don't, we'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888- Five two six two one five one. The Holy Guardian Angels. That's the day today in the liturgy in the new calendar of the Catholic Church. That's the feast day today. The the Holy Guardian Angels. One of the things that really helped me early on when I reconnected with Dan several years ago was this little quip that Dan and and, and Kyle used, which is biblical. I I, I I basically I've got a biblical argument for this. Where it's uh, <clears throat> angels go where they are called and demons go where they're not resisted. I've, I heard Dan say that a couple of years ago and Kyle. And I can tell you this is thoroughly biblical. Let's look at the resistance here. Okay? Uh, demons go unless, unless they're resisted or where they're not resisted. This is right from the Bible. 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith. How about James chapter 4, verse 6? God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So that theology taught by liberal crystal just right lifted right out of Scripture. What about the angels go where they are called? Well, this looks to me like Psalm 34, verse 7. It says, 
the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Hebrews 1.14 Are they, angels, not all ministering spirits, sent to serve for the sake of those, that's us, the faithful here on earth, who are to obtain salvation? Uh, you also have Psalm 91 verse 11. For he, the Lord, will give his angels charge of you to guard you in all your ways. So if you've ever wondered, where does that whole theology come from? Angels go where they are called. Demons go where they're not resisted. It's right from sacred scripture. Dan, today's, uh, I know you have a real uh, real love and a devotion to the, to the guardian angels. What would you like to tell the average lay Catholic about the importance of, of uh, praying to your guardian angel and being cognizant of the fact that we have these guardian angels around us throughout the day? Uh, what piece of advice would you give on the spiritual warfare front for every Catholic that's listening right now? Yeah, there's there's so much truth to that simple Catholic faith, and um, we get away from that. We get into this. We try to get into these deeper ideas, or we reduce the Catholic faith into just being a social justice warrior, or, or you know, being you know uh, um, uh, conscious about the environment, environmentally conscious, and other things. We're losing sight of the the simple things of the Catholic faith. Your mother would say, "Offer it up," right? The little how the the power of suffering. And the other thing, devotion to the angels, angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love and trust me here, ever this day be at my side to light, to guard, to rule and guide. It's that simple. You see, packed in that simple little prayer that we learned as children, the roles and duties of the angel. The thing to tell that I would say to every Catholic is to start developing uh, a devotion to your guardian angel. In the book, I use the phrase um, a, a, a ranger buddy at your six. When you go, go through the army ranger school, you get a ranger buddy and you're assigned, uh, uh, you, you know, two guys are assigned or they choose each other. I'm going to take care of you. You're going to take care of me at your six is behind you to watch your back. If you, if you, if you're struggling, he, he helps carry your ammo. He shares, you guys share water. You guys do whatever you got to do to get each other, accomplish your mission, get each other home. God has given you a ranger buddy. He's given you, is assigned to you. This is, this is what's in, embedded into the writings of the church fathers and the tradition of the church that God is giving each of us based on the words of Christ. He has appointed his angel to guard you in all your ways, right? Um, they're angels. Jesus said, they're angels in heaven. Look at the very face of God. They're not despise these little ones that God has given us this guardian protector, but he's just going to stand down. He's just going to stand down. If we don't, if we don't stand and ask his help, he's just going to stand down and wait for us to ask him. And angels, angels are gentlemen. They're going to wait until they're asked. They're not going to force themselves on us. It's a very subtle relationship, but it's very powerful by asking and invoking him to help you in all of your ways. Parking places, right? Little insights. Give me the right words to speak to this person in my family who I'm struggling to try to say something to help them in their faith. Everything. Help me to overcome this particular vice. Show me. Yeah, I remember early on when I when I first started working uh, cases, I started getting my butt kicked, man. I mean, I was getting pounded, you know. And so I'm like, it's like I would go back to the corner and my guardian angel starts, just puts ice on my face. You know what I mean? Just mm. to put the, stop the swelling. You know that feeling when you lost the <laughs> round and you got to get the swelling down fast. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, hey, guardian angel, you know what I mean? Why don't you do something? Why don't you protect me? I appreciate the ice. But how about you, you help me? And he kind of like barked back at me like, dude, you got to ask. So I said, all right, here's what I want. Please mm -hmm. slow the fight down for me. 
slow them, slow the punches down so that I see them before they come in. That would help, right? Because how many times do they? You look at the fight film and you're like, this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened, and this is how you took that big one that really hurts today. So looking how the angels slow the game down, that's the big one. Slow the spiritual life down for me so I can see the punches that, before they come in, that I can, that the whole screen, you know. Like when I watch the basketball, college basketball, I'm not a big basketball guy. So I watch the game and it's just boom, 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 or tennis, you know. Mm, mm. Guys that know sports, can, it's really slow. When I watch boxing, it's very slow to me. But when I watch basketball or tennis, it's so fast. It's entertaining, but it's just I don't I don't understand the, the the nuances of what's going on. You and I can watch a fight or an MMA fight, and we're like, yeah, you can see the setup. You can see how slow it is. Ask your angel to slow it down like that. The spiritual life, so you can start seeing the component parts, the punches before they come in, and the precision you need in prayer to be more effective. Jesus nine one one two man car. Just remember, Doctor Dan Schneider talking about the theology of angels. Dan, I'm looking at uh, some of my Steubenville notes here back, you know, uh, taking Dr. Maravella's class. Yeah. Here's, here's what he says about angels. He says, uh, <clears throat> angels are spiritual persons without bodies. To be a person, you need an intellect and a will. The intellect of angels is direct and immediate because their intellect doesn't pass through material. They can't sin and be forgiven like we can. Their decisions are permanent. Angels move by exerting their influence in a particular location. They had to pass a test given by God before receiving the beatific vision. The test was the revealing of the plan of the incarnation. The angels who rejected this test went with Lucifer to hell and are known as the fallen angels. The angels who said yes to God received the beatific vision and remain with God in heaven forever. Each angel is a species unto himself. They are radically unique beings. There are three hierarchies of angels, and each hierarchy has three choirs. The first hierarchy consists of seraphim, cherubim, and thrones. These angels are dedicated to the adoration of God. The middle hierarchy consists of the dominions, virtues, and powers. This hierarchy is dedicated to the governance of the universe and the cosmos. The third hierarchy consists of the principalities, the archangels, and, and guardian angels. These are principally concerned with affairs of humanity. What else would you add to that, Dan? Pretty, com pretty complete uh, uh, synopsis or summary of angels. But what so else? Guardian angels are on the lowest choir or the lowest hierarchy. That doesn't mean they're lesser. It just means this is their assignment. Lower meanings closer to us, and so they're part of the they're part of the of, of the the um, of, of the, the like you say the, the, the three hierarchies, the nine choirs, and they're closest to us, and they they militate for us. When I tell people and teach about angels. I tell him about the story about this right winger that went to a satanic temple and tried to walk into it. And, it, and this is the best way to learn how guardian angels work. So I think I'll defer to you because you're the right winger. I tell him about this Latino right winger that uh, made tried to make a bad decision one day and his guardian angels set him straight. Okay, so I went to morning mass, did my morning prayers with a couple of good guys uh, from, from Bob Floyd, uh, Armando, uh, ex-Marine. And, uh, and uh, Bob Floyd said, hey, Jess, uh, I want to see the most uh, the occult places in Los Angeles because I'm writing a script on the occult in Los Angeles. I said, sure, I'll take you to the most wicked place. It's uh, on Wilshire Boulevard. I forget the cross street. It's called Templo Santa Muerte. It's basically the headquarters of Santa Muerte. 
here in downtown Los Angeles that's been transplanted from the Mexican cartels here to downtown Los Angeles headquarters. It's 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 their it's literally a porter to hell. So you know I, I'm I'm presumptuous. I did my morning prayers, did my morning rosary. We went to mass in the morning. We were all prayed up and confessed up, and we were even praying. We were praying on route over there. And then I said, okay, so Bob, what do you want? He goes, I just want to take some pictures of how this place looks, you know, for the script and stuff. I said, okay. And then when I'm there, I just said, hey, why don't you just take a picture inside? He goes, nah, I don't want to step inside. I said, well, give me your, give me your iPhone. I'll go step inside. I'll just snap a quick picture. I'll come back out. And, uh, and, and Armando says, no, no, I'm not going to go inside. I'll stay out here. Bob goes, I'm not going to go inside. I'm going to stay out here. Okay, this is Temple, Templo Santa Muerte. This is the headquarters of Satanism in downtown Los Angeles. And I wasn't thinking rationally or faithfully. I was thinking more, hey, this would be a good picture for your article, Bob. Yeah, I kick, uh, the kickboxer was, was uh, that's who yeah, was thinking. Yes, sir. The kickboxer kicked in and not the Christian. So I attempted to walk through the threshold. The door was open so I can see inside. I can And I can tell you what, what I saw inside with the description. And as I tried to walk through the threshold with the iPhone to snap a picture... I, it's like I've hit an invisible wall, like, uh, you know, like who was it? The invisible girl in the Fantastic Four. She's able to do like an invisible force field. I hit something and I and not only that I hit it, this thing thrust me hard. I'd never been pushed so hard in the chest and I flew back and Bob and Armando caught me. And I'm like, now at this point, my ego's bruised. I'm like, hey, did I just fall in front of these two guys? You know, I, I felt like kind of embarrassed. Like, did I just trip over the threshold? What happened here? I said, I'm going to go in and snap a picture that we're out of here. I tried to walk into Temple Santa Muerte. And again, I tried to pass the threshold. And I could feel it was hands, big hands laid on my chest and pushed me hard. I flew back into the arms of Bob and Armando. They're spooked now. They're looking at me. They're going, dude, you just got thrown out twice. Let's get out. Let's just go. Let's just go. Okay, I don't need a picture. I took a picture of the outside. And then I said... No, we're getting a picture of the inside. I still didn't comprehend. I tried to walk into Temp- Templo Santa Muerte, try to cross the threshold. And I'm telling because I was in a state of grace, but I was operating on stupid. Okay, I was stuck on stupid, but I was in a state of grace. I tried to walk in a third time. Big, massive hands pushed my chest, threw me out the third time. At that time, the lights went out and I said, this is an angel that's not letting me go in because I'm too stupid to realize it. <laughs> yeah. I tell that story and that sums it up. That's what it does. <laughs> the stupid does it for a dark engine. That's a wrap. <laughs> Jesus 911 two-man car. Uh, hey, up next, Gary Manchuda hands on apologetics. Hey, you guys are in for a treat because I'm going to Israel from the 6th to the 16th. So Dr. Dan Schneider, he's going to be replacing me on, uh, on, on uh, many of the shows. Uh, so you'll be hearing Dr. Dent with Terry Barber for about uh, nine days straight while I'm in Israel. Talk to you soon. God bless you. Keep the faith.